Hey, you are listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Seven Mile Road. We are a gospel-centered church just north of Boston, Mass. To learn more about who we are and what we are going for together, just go to sevenmilemelrose.com. So my name is Justin Gottlieb, and I'm one of the pastors here at Seven Mile Road. This morning is going to be a little full in here. You're seeing that? It's going to be a little wild, but that's all right, because it's a beautiful kind of wild. Let's just all agree up front that there's going to be a little bit more noise in here than usual, because there's a few more kids in here than usual. And that's a great thing, because our kids are going to be here with us for this fun, joyous morning celebrating new life coming in the gospel of Jesus Christ as six people, six sons and daughters of God, six people believing Jesus are going to be baptized. That's exciting. It's okay to be excited about that. We should be. So before we get to that, we're going to be spend a few minutes continuing our sermon series in the gospel of Luke, and we're going to be in, in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. I know it says 37 up there. That's what I originally wrote, but then I need more time for that. So we're going to do 20 and 21. So while you turn there, I want to remind you that that Michael preached from a little earlier in Luke 17 last Sunday. And as he did, we heard a story about Jesus healing 10 lepers. You guys remember this? 10 lepers. Now, when I say he healed them, what I mean is, and what the Bible means is, that one moment the 10 lepers had a terrible skin disease that was so severe that it caused them to be removed from community. It was an awful existence. That was the reality one moment. Unclean, unwelcome, standing at a distance, begging Jesus to have mercy on them. And the next moment, Jesus healed them. He healed them. Let's don't get over that simple truth. These lepers were diseased with crazy sores that were ruining their lives one moment, and then Jesus shows up and heals them. They were physically broken one moment, and then they are not broken anymore. You get the, the contrast here? They were healed. They were outside of the community one moment, and then they were on their way to see the priest and be welcomed into community the next. These ten men had their whole world change in a moment because of Jesus. Their worlds changed because Jesus showed up. And that's been so much of the story of the Gospel of Luke. We've talked about it before, but 13 chapters before this, way back in Luke uh, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Uh, Luke was telling us about how Jesus read a prophecy from Isaiah in the temple, which said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, it's up here, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's wild, right? It's incredible. And then in the next verse, Jesus sat down, he rolled up the scroll, and he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
And since then, as we've read through the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has been healing many people, casting out demons, preaching, and raising some folks from the dead. Now, he's been fulfilling scriptures, so the healing of the lepers isn't a, a standout performance in his life. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, for most of us, if we were to heal 10 lepers, that would be a big day. Right? Not for Jesus. It was an amazing day, but it was also another glorious day of him being Jesus. Right? He just stacked day after day after day of him being Jesus. He stacked day after day of him bringing the kingdom of God into this world, and it changed everything about the lives of those he touched, healed, or forgave. Now, keeping in mind all that's been going on with Jesus, including him just healing those ten lepers like we heard last week, let's read Luke 17, 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now we can gather from the Pharisees asking Jesus when the kingdom will come that, that they don't think they've seen it yet. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if they thought they had seen it, they wouldn't be asking when is it going to come because it would have already been there. So the Pharisees had expectations that the kingdom of God will come in particular ways and they're looking for signs, big signs. They had an expectation that the coming of the kingdom would be dramatic and powerful. The kingdom would be unmistakable. So before Mariah and I moved to Massachusetts back in 2006, one guy I knew used to work, or knew from work, used to live in Charlestown back in the 1970s. And he would tell me about a great steakhouse. He'd tell me about it having great steaks and being packed and insisted that I go there once we moved there. He insisted upon it all because he'd been there decades before, and the restaurant had made quite an impression on him, obviously. So recognizing him, his excitement, I asked him, I was like, what's the name of the restaurant? And he couldn't tell me. And I was like, well, what town is it in? And, and he couldn't tell me. But he knew I had to go, and he knew I could find it. And he knew I could find it because there was a big cactus with lights out in front of it. <laughs> Now, this is so true. According to Wikipedia, which has got to be true, that giant glowing cactus contains 210 fluorescent bulbs and has nearly half a mile of neon tubing. Um, and it took five days to assemble. Now, my friend was betting that the giant sign would tell me where the kingdom of Hilltop Steakhouse was. And to his credit, I can remember driving down Route 1 and saying... Wow, he was right. <laughs> There's a giant cactus next to the road in Massachusetts. Now, now, by the time we ate a meal there, the cactus was truly the most exciting part of the experience. The restaurant closed after, you know, pour one out for, for Hilltop. But the cactus was the sign that we had found, found the right steakhouse. Now, for the Pharisees, there was, there was no conception of the kingdom of God breaking into this world, breaking into their broken world without fanfare, 
without signs and measurements. The kingdom would be powerful, but they never thought it would be humble. Jesus of Nazareth, that was standing before them. In the past, Israel's leaders, the judges and the kings, had brought, military, had brought victory militarily. Even when God rescued his people from Israel and, and moved them into the promised land, there were armies and there was military and there was government. And because of this, because Jesus isn't doing the things the way they expect, the Pharisees were so busy looking for signs of the kingdom coming in ways that they thought he was going to come, that they're missing what is actually in front of them. And because they miss it, Jesus tells them, and you can see it in the last sentence of this verse, behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. In all their looking for crazy signs, they are missing Jesus. They are missing Jesus. They are looking for signs of the kingdom of God, but missing that Jesus is the sign. The king is here, and he's before them. He's in their midst. The king is healing lepers and cleansing them from all that would keep them from God and his people. The king is announcing his arrival to them. The king is offering forgiveness for sins and eternal life. If they want to see the kingdom of God, all they have to do is look at Jesus. Look at Jesus and respond to him. The kingdom is in their midst, and they are missing it, just like nine of the ten lepers missed it, missed Jesus in last week's text. They're missing the king. He's not fitting their ideas. He's not fitting their religion. He's not what they thought. But Jesus is still king. The long-promised king has come, and he's standing right there. The king is here. The king is here. But there's a collision because the Pharisees must stop looking to their religion. The Pharisees must stop looking to their works. The Pharisees must stop looking for great signs that the kingdom is here and realize the kingdom is in their midst. They must look at Jesus. And just like them, just like them, it's so easy for us to miss Jesus. Seven Mile Road, the kingdom of God has come in Jesus. The kingdom of God is coming in Jesus. No matter where you are at today with Jesus, his word warns us. It is so very easy to miss him. It's so easy for us to want a giant cactus with neon lights. But Jesus has come. Jesus has come. The king has come and he's fulfilled what God promised in the scriptures long before. So hear these words also from the gospel of Luke. And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have good news preached to them. This is Luke's message to us today. This is Jesus' message to us today and every day. 
Look at him and believe him. Because we don't have to do crazy math or watch for asteroids or read wild books. Jesus has come. The king has come and he's lived a perfect life. Having done everything perfect that we should have done and having not done any of the things we should not have done. And he died a perfect death on the cross for my sin and for your sin. And he was raised on the third day, all according to scripture. And he will return and establish his kingdom once and for all, putting away all sin, all tears, all death and pain forever, forever. This is the king. His name's Jesus. This is the kingdom. And he's ours forever through faith. So won't you believe in him today? Will you pray with me?